Hey, what's up? Matt Wyatt here. Dogpile is brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Listen up. If you're in North Mississippi and you have a land need, any kind of land need, buying, selling, refinancing, maybe it's property for the dream home, maybe it's hunting land, you know, recreational, or that piece of property with a pond, or maybe it's farmland, certainly. Then check them out, Mississippi Land Bank. They are the kind of people you want to do business with. I promise you that. I've gotten to know them over the years and really proud to be able to tell you about Mississippi Land Bank. So put it on the docket there. Yeah, put it in the bookmarks, Mississippi Land Bank at mslandbank.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Jubilations Cheesecake. Jubilations in West Point, right on Highway 45. You need to check them out at jubilations.com. It's a really, really phenomenal place. Yeah, you can have lunch, things that are made from scratch, soup, sandwiches, and all the sweets when you go in. they got the coffee shop right there in the front. But you can also watch the cheesecakes being made. And you need to consider them the next time that you're having a fundraiser, you need to sell some items, Jubilations Cheesecakes are the way to go. All right, listen up. I am uh, recording the Dogpile podcast with you. I say we are, I should say we are. Brett Hudson and I, from the SEC tournament in Hoover. Last night was the uh, 17-inning win over LSU. Uh, We're kind of in between right now. So you've got Vanderbilt, Mississippi State coming up later tonight. So here's what you're going to get. Brett was on my radio show, the Matt Wyatt Show, on uh, The Zone in Jackson and WBLE in Batesville at night, also um, on uh, WVBG in Vicksburg at night. Uh, Brett was a guest. He came down here to the the, uh, radio um, level of the press box here, the third level over the first base bag, and picked up the microphone, and we chatted about Mississippi State versus LSU and a few other things as well. We also had uh, another host on the show, Caleb Hamill, and uh, so you'll hear me, Caleb, talking with Brett Hudson in that conversation, about, oh, 20 minutes worth from my radio show. We're going to give that to you right now on this episode of Dogpile, so enjoy. Uh, right now, joining us in the press box live here in Hoover is uh, your friend, everybody's friend, and um, especially the friends out in right field who have the kiddie pool, Brett Hudson. Follow him on Twitter. He is Brett underscore Hudson, a part of the Matt Wyatt Media team, who was here for a almost seven-hour baseball game last night. Wake up, Brett. I'm uh, I'm living the dream, man. I got two cups of coffee in me. It needs to be three. Probably needs to be four. Cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but that's where that's where I'm at in life right now. Six yeah. hours and forty five minutes of baseball in just one game. Yeah. So six hours, uh, forty three uh, minutes. Yeah. The longest ever by an hour and a half. Think about that. And long- uh, and only tied the state record for the longest uh, game in. In program history, they played a 17-inning game with Ole Miss in like 07, and then they played one here in the SEC tournament that was like 2012 or 13 against Missouri, something like that. Also 17. Innings. Yeah, yeah. So. I tell you, I, I hate this, and the broadcaster's curse is going to come true. I talked about that game to a friend of mine yesterday, the Ole Miss game on a Sunday, where they went 17 innings. Oh, that was yeah. the we Sunday game of that series. It was on Sports South, okay. and that game oh. went so long. I. 
I was a kid, and we had a pool out behind the house, and I drug 100 feet of coax cable to a TV so we could watch it as we are just yeah. out there swimming around. And I remember that game to this day, and I mentioned it before I walked into the game yesterday. So did you? Blame that one on me. You did it. I have a lot of people to blame for what we saw last night, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I have a lot of Lay people to blame. Lay it on us. Well, the overall thing, though, is, yes, it was this unbelievably long game. It goes – but, you know, once you get to that point, the fact that the loser is going to turn around and play here in the morning, well, you know, middle of the day today, yeah. how important it was for State to find a way to win and to be, you know, they, they get swings and misses from their bullpen that, frankly, I think uh, you didn't know maybe Cole Gordon had 70-plus pitches in him, you know, but he pitched so well. Yeah, I, I think he was honestly the biggest winner of the day. I mean, uh, pitching is going to be the big win of the day when you go 17 innings and you allow 11 combined runs between two teams. Pitching is going to win the day. But I thought the bullpen pitching, the, particularly the guys that took long since for both teams were, were the big winners of the day. And to quickly hit LSU, pitching depth has been an issue for them pretty much all year long. Yeah. So for Zach Hess to shut things down and relieve the way he did it for Mikhail Hilliard, to pitch some pretty good ball there at the very end of, of the game. That's a big piece for them as they try to f- cobble together enough pitching depth to maybe get through a regional, maybe compete in the Super. And then for State, I mean, how many times have we said on Dogpile that you're going to need Cole Gordon with the season on the line in a regional and a Super Regional in Omaha? You're going to need Keegan James yeah. with the season on the line in a Super Regional or in Omaha. And Cole Gordon, we know he can ride the wave, right? Like, he got hot in Tallahassee last year and looked like Nolan Ryan for two weeks. <laughs> and Keegan James, I mean, his, his 2019 has been setback after setback, going from Sunday starter to midweek starter slash bullpen guy. And now Brandon Smith has taken the last two midweek starts. So he's just trying to get some sort of role on this team. And he pitches two and two-thirds, the final two and two-thirds of, of that game. So I thought the, the big winners of that game – we're Cole Gordon and Keegan James, because I yeah. won't be surprised at all if they go off and pitch a, a pretty good June from here on out, and we can look back to that 17-inning game last night and say that was that was a turning point for them to have a, a good stretch run into Omaha. Yeah, Brett Hudson joining us live here in the press box at uh, the SEC Tournament. Uh, follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson, host of the Dogpile podcast, and you can find that wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Dogpile You'll see the baseball logo there. Go ahead and subscribe. It's a Mississippi State baseball podcast. Um, Paul Maneri sends somebody out there to check on Cole Gordon's glove. Is that what that was? Yeah. I was wondering what that was about. What what was he saying, like a pine tar or something? What was the deal? Yeah. That's basically what he was insinuating. Is there some substance on his wrist or his glove that he's touching, and then the umpire goes, checks it out, and it's nothing. There's nothing there. He's literally just sweaty. (laughs) I mean, that's it. That's, that's a big old boy out there for a long time. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's earned that right. Yeah, that's right. He's earned that right to sweat I, a little I didn't, bit. I didn't like it at all. Mangum bounces one over the fence. I mean, that's a, oh, effectively the game-winning it, hit. What inning is. was that? That was like the 11th or 12th. Yeah. Right? I've, got, I've 12th. got it start somewhere around Yeah, that should, have, that should have walked it off. If these, if these fences were yeah, two or three feet taller, it would have bounced. Gilbert would have easily scored, and that would yeah. have been the game. Yeah. Two hours earlier than it actually was. But instead it bounces over. They bounces get out. over and they get out of it. That, it was just one of those games, man. Like, All right, so you're in the press box with the other uh, you know, media guys, print guys, writers, everybody. And degenerates, LS, if you will. The degenerates. Yeah, when you walk through there, it's kind of like, um, like when you walk into Jabba the Hutt's bar. Uh, in Star Wars, you know, and there's a guy over there who's, like, wearing sunglasses for no reason. There's a bounty hunter over here. Somebody over here has got, 
you know, like three ears and three or four eyes. You know, it's kind of what it's like when you walk through press row. Don't, don't right. talk about David Murray like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Off Uncle, the top rope. Uncle Dave. Love it. Uncle Dave. I, I co-host a show with him. I, yeah. I can think all that a little bit. <laughs> um, love it. So, yeah, but you're down there. Top of the 16th, LSU goes up 6-5. to five. Oh, yeah. And you go to the no, bottom. No, they go up 5-4. Five, five, go up 5-4. Five, 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 yeah. You go to the bottom of the inning. They're up 5-4. There's a couple outs, guys on base, a couple outs. And Mangum hits a routine ground ball to second base. Eats him up. And it eats him up. Uh, now, just. now, Lamona said after the game, Brett, that he thought he was going to be safe regardless. I'm Wait. not so sure about that. I, 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 I disagree. I, I didn't want to go against the coach, but I'm with Brett he, on this I, one. See, I'm, I'm with you. He knows more about baseball than I ever will, <laughs> but I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, so uh, I don't think Mangum would have got there. But it's like you know, Mangum after the game on the SEC Network thing, uh, they said, you know, your ball hopping over a fence. He goes, yeah, you know, it's just like that that LSU Hoover magic. They have it, and which they do. You can't dispute the fact they have a little magic here. Mm-hmm. Mangum's got a little magic about him, also. Yeah, he's the only guy who hits the ball to second base in that situation, and they boot it. Oh, absolutely. I think any other hitter in state's lineup, they make that play, probably. Probably. He's, yeah. he's in everybody's head. He's in their head. Point. I mean, they intentionally walked him, what, twice? Yeah. Maybe three times? Yeah, and early in, in the game, game they walk him, and what's Westberg do? Gets a hit. Bang. I've been trying to tell you people. <laughs> stop the nonsense. I, I've been saying it since last year when Alexander <laughs> hit the walk-off at Old Miss in like, Trustmark Park. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if you want to walk him to get to what Alexander was last year before all the walk-offs, that's fine. Westy is slugging over 500. Stop it. Yeah, stop, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what are these people doing? I don't yeah. get it. Now, okay, if you do go to a negative, you have all these people left on base. And it, and it really did kind of become obvious as the game went on. It got late. Yes. State had more guys going up and having the undisciplined at bat than you really have ever seen from them this year. And the breaking ball dominated them. It really did. Because they're kind of they're, – they're, Instead of going up and looking for their pitch, it was more like, if it's around here, I'm going to try to hit it. And so it was a little loose approach as opposed the to – The approach you. was, it's 2.15 a.m., yeah. I want to get out of this ballpark. I mean, really, it's kind of what wanted, it was. They wanted to do it with one swing of the bat, a lot of them. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and we say this, okay, so State winds up winning the game. But the attitude and the approach to that game – and the mentality was much different in the LSU dugout than it was for State. Do you agree? Because they're well, thinking yeah. we gotta we we gotta win this one to host yeah. a regional. LSU needed that that one more than than State did for sure. But yeah. to, to speak to your point about the uh, the approach and the missed swings and the curveballs and and all that, I'm not I'm not fearful of that going forward. I don't I don't think that's going to be a systemic issue. Like this lineup has never struggled with that in terms of bringing guys in, bringing in ducks on the pond, uh, yeah. as, as you will. And that's not been something that they struggle with, but they do need to just reaffirm that because teams that are scouting Mississippi State to potentially be in the Starkville Regional right now, they they just got six and a half hours of video of State swinging and missing over curveballs and looking real yeah, bad doing right. it. So they really need to take however many more games they play here and really tattoo a couple of curveballs and be yeah. disciplined and be smart about it just to make sure – that those re- those Starkville regional participants know you can't come in here throwing breaking balls and beat us. Well, I don't think they're going to have a problem with it, but they do need to just put it to bed and prove it in their final two or three games here. Well, and in my opinion, you know, especially those right-handed hitters that are getting right-handed breaking balls. Yeah, Westberg. Yeah, you know, Foscu. 
Uh, he got a little loose last night, too. You, you, you must think middle away on breaking balls, period. Yep. you got to hit them up the shooter. You have to hit them opposite field. You're not going to step in there last night against Hess or anybody and pull that breaking ball into left field. And somebody just – I know it sounds like such a simple thing. And it's harder when you're on the, in the batter's box and the guy's throwing 92, okay? It's easy for us to talk about it. But somebody texted and said not to be a Debbie Downer, but what's the matter with Westberg? I think he's trying to pull everything. You know, I think that's kind of what's going on. The yeah. one ball he hits hard last night was to what? Dead center field. Yep. Yeah. Line drive. Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting cog in the lineup, especially with McNamee out right now. Because uh, you've got Foskey in the cleanup, but you're obviously moving guys up a spot in the lineup, which hasn't really mattered because Josh Hatcher continues to hit home runs like every time he steps up to the to the plate. It's r- ridiculous how he slugs. Um, but they do the they do need Westberg to to get going because yeah. Tanner Allen when he's going he can hit doubles like it's nothing. And then Foskey has what thirteen dingers yeah. this year. Skelton has ten. So it really does you something. It really does a number on opposition if both Mangum and Westberg can get on base at a 400 or better clip. Westberg hasn't been doing that recently. He's had a good stretch this season of, of doing it, but he just needs to get back to it before that Starkville Regional starts. Right. So it's a fair observation. Brett Hudson joining us here in the press box. I'm Matt. Caleb Hamill here uh, as we broadcast live from the SEC tournament. You still have Ole Miss A&M going on. It's an elimination game it is a scoreless game and right now top of the eighth Ole Miss still looking for their first hit of the ball game hadn't managed it yet they've had some base runners there's a HBP it's going to put a guy on first but still looking for that first hit of the ball game if he gets one more out then he'll match the line of Chris Weber yesterday yeah of no hits through seven and a third seven and a third A&M pitching that you know just pitching great yes so far here in the uh in the tournament all right so Vanderbilt is up tonight now we could talk about and warn fans who watch on television or attend the game what they're going to be in for with the Whistler who will be here for Vanderbilt. <laughs> we could talk about that. I don't hey, know. So you we... never answered my tweet. Was it you that was whistling down there? Brett, let me tell you. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not ever going to be me. <laughs> and let me okay. just tell you why. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to ask the important questions, you know? I know. I know. It's my the, job. The reason that I would never do that is because I have a, a little bit of concern for my fellow man, my fellow human being. <laughs> I am not. I at times have acted like a jerk, but just like in perpetuity, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> like someone who would be just totally fine with, f- for attention or just even for giggles, seeing how miserable you can make the people around you. <laughs> That's what the Vandy Whistlers do. They don't care about anyone else. They don't care about people watching. They don't care about other fans. They don't care about anybody. But the fact that it's just weird little something, just the fact that it gets them a little bit of attention, I guess. And so here we are talking about them. That's why they do it. But to me, I don't feel like the Vandy Whistler would truly bother players in action as much as they bothered the fans around them. No, that's definitely it. On the field, it doesn't bother them at all. And I, it's like the Vandy players, would, most of them would tell you, yeah, we never even hear it. It's because yeah. they're so locked in. Yeah. You know, but we can't get away from it. Especially when they're well-positioned relative to the TV mics. <laughs> the ones that are, Intentionally. like, latched onto a press box or something. Yeah, especially when they're right next to uh, a mic. That's when it gets really, really tough on fans. They so do, do it on purpose. And they've been warned by ESPN. 
they have been punched. One oh, of yeah. The, one yeah. of the guys has been punched before. The problem By a is, state fan. Yeah. The problem is they didn't punch him hard enough. Clearly. That's the problem. Did, did he get a steak dinner later? He they should. <laughs> I want the name of the fan. Start, start a GoFundMe for that this man. the whistler. Now, the start a GoFundMe for this thing. man. <laughs> I've got a microphone that looks similar to what ESPN uses down yeah. there. I wonder if I can bring it in as a decoy. A decoy and have it not actually hooked up. Mounted that, on like that grass berm way down left field. That is a great idea. That's a great and idea. And you just go up to the whistler and be like, hey, so they changed the microphone setup. They're actually going for a more like natural yeah. sound instead of fan sound. So the, the, the mic is like all the way back there on that chain link <laughs> fence behind the left field wall. So if you go hang out back there, the whistling's definitely going to get on TV. So we should just go ahead and look, if you're listening, prepare yourself. Tonight when State plays Vanderbilt, it's going to be constant. It's going to be incessant. It's going to drive you crazy if you let it. I always do let it drive me crazy, mm-hmm. and I realize that's on me. So, you know, the effort tonight for me here at the game will be just to kind of block it out as best I can and to not get mad and, you know, not let it ruin your experience. And the best thing to do is beat them. You know, shouts to last year's Super Regional. Yep. Right, Brett? That'll do it. That'll do it. Brett, appreciate you coming up and talking a little baseball with us. Happy to help. Uh, I'm just sad I couldn't unleash my Tua takes, you know? Unleash the Tua takes is the name of a podcast we're going to launch, okay. actually. Uh, unleash Tua takes. Yeah. UTT. <laughs> that's that's going to be the next podcast yes. with Brett Hudson. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brett and me and Caleb on the radio show. We're repurposing that for you here on Dogpile as we kind of wrap up their win over LSU and we look ahead to the big matchup later tonight versus Vanderbilt. A couple of top four seeds, really the two best teams in this tournament. And thanks, as always, for supporting the podcast and listening, telling others about it as well. And we really appreciate you making sure that Mississippi Land Bank and Jubilations Cheesecake are two sponsors here on the podcast. Y'all do us a favor. Make sure you let them know that you listen and that you appreciate them supporting us so that we can continue uh, to make this happen. All right, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.